BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, besties. Welcome back to Train Up to Care. Or if you're new here, welcome to Train Up to Care. My name is Ashley. I'm so happy to have you. So I realized that a lot of my episodes, if not all my episodes, are targeted to help you in some way, which is great. I love to do that. But there's no episodes actually at all talking about me. Like obviously when I talk about a topic or I give you advice, I share my own experiences but I haven't done an episode sitting down and giving you the opportunity to get to know me, know who you're listening to. So yesterday I was listening to On My Mind by Ava Jules, which if you haven't listened already, you definitely should. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's definitely one of my comfort podcasts. It feels like I'm listening to my best friend talk, but I was listening to her most recent episode, which is Who Am I? Where she answers 26 questions about herself She uses this article off of Psych Central and it's literally called 26 questions to help you know yourself better. And I loved this concept. I loved her almost interviewing herself because we're so used to other people being interviewed. We're so used to asking other people who they are, whether it's a friend, you're on a first date, whatever it may be. But you never really sit down and ask yourself those deep, meaningful questions. Like I said, I was literally listening yesterday. So between then and now, I have just been so inspired by the episode. And I was like, I want to do this so bad. I kind of love the idea of following a podcast trend, like doing something like this because another podcaster did. It feels like the old YouTube days of doing tag videos. So without further ado, I am going to be answering 26 questions about myself to help me and you know me better. Okay, number one, what are my strengths? You know, this question used to make me so uncomfortable when I was asked this or I knew I had to prep for this for an interview because I always ask this question in interviews. But the thing about interviews is they aren't asking to actually get to know you. They're asking to figure out if you could benefit them in some way. They don't want to hear how your strength is that you're empathetic or that you're an emotional person. They don't want to hear that you're sensitive. They want to hear that you're a hard worker, you're a team player, you're flexible, you're this, you're that. And I felt like when I had to answer that question and give these 
default answers, I felt like I was lying almost because I knew that although maybe I do have those qualities, that isn't what I excel at. I really do think that my strengths lie within my emotions and my sensitivity. I think in particular, one of my biggest strengths is my ability to turn pain into power. I went through a lot of dark things when I was a kid. You know, I did have a good childhood. I don't want to say I had a bad childhood. I just had traumatic things happen to me in my childhood and in my adolescence. And for a majority of my life, I kind of allowed that pain and what had happened to me to sit in me and rot rather than trying to have that push me to grow and be better than what had happened to me. It wasn't until two years ago that I realized that having that mindset of bad things happen to me, that's just how my life is, things are never going to get better, wasn't productive for me or anyone in my life. I think I realized that what I was going through and how I felt wasn't an isolated thing, that I wasn't the only one feeling that way. But if I didn't speak about it and vocalize it and put it out into the world, others wouldn't know that others felt that way too. That's the tricky thing about mental health. No one really wants to talk about it until someone opens up and says, hey, I am actually struggling with this. And that opens the floor for other people to say, hey, you know, me too. You're not alone. I think that's why I gravitated towards doing a podcast because I could openly share my thoughts and emotions in a way that didn't sound like I was complaining or just trying to be negative. I was putting my thoughts and emotions out there in a poetic, artistic way. I think it's a interesting thing to take negative experiences and turn them into something more beautiful. Do I wish those things happened to me? No. Do I think I deserve those things to happen to me? Fuck no. But they happened regardless. So I can either let them be just what they were, which was awful, or let them be something more meaningful. Let them be something that people can look at and relate to. One minor example is my struggles with my birthday. I fucking hated my birthday for so long and every year I would complain and cry. And then this year I decided to make a video about it, make a diary entry on TikTok and kind of talk about it in a poetic way. I don't want to say I'm a poet, but I did it in a way that wasn't just bitching on the internet. It was a way of expressing myself in an artistic way. And I did it really well, I guess, because I think 12 million people saw it. And to this day, people comment and say, oh my God, I relate to this. I feel this way too. You're not alone. I don't feel alone. I think another strength of mine is my ability to have deep conversations. I have really bad social anxiety, but it's not anxiety in the way that I don't want to talk to people. It's not that I'm afraid to interact with people. It's that I don't really know how if it's not the way that I do it. I really don't want to have small talk. I don't want to talk about your job or my job. I don't want to talk about how your boyfriend is. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about surface level things because if we actually know each other, if we are actually friends, we could talk about so many things that aren't so surface level. I feel like small talk is one of those things that people do so that they feel less uncomfortable. But all I feel when I have small talk with someone is that they don't actually give a fuck about me or what I'm saying. They're just using me as a way to feel less awkward. But 
deep conversations are something that I thrive in. It's something that I seek out when I am out, when I am with people. I want to hear about your deep thoughts. I want to hear about what's bothering you, what you're excited about, what your dreams are. I want to hear about your weird conspiracies. I want to talk about controversial things. I want to talk about our aspirations. I want to talk about our music and how it makes us feel. I want to talk about things that matter to the person that I'm talking to. Because if I'm talking to you, I actually care about what you're saying. I think a lot of people struggle with deep conversations because they're afraid. I think they're afraid of someone actually getting to know them and breaking down that wall, which is fine. You know, it takes time, but I think that's why it's a strength of mine. I think I've gotten to a point where I don't really care about my image. I would rather someone leave our conversation being intrigued, maybe even a little freaked out then feel like our conversation was dry or that I couldn't bring anything to the table because I was afraid to break down that barrier and really open up. Okay, I'm going to try to keep my responses to the questions a little shorter than the first one. Otherwise, this would be a long podcast episode. But number two, what are my short-term goals, my long-term goals? See, I don't love the idea of having long-term goals. Like, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like, I don't know what I'll be doing in a month from now. How the hell am I supposed to know what I'm going to be doing in five years or what I'm going to want to be doing in five years? I think it's good to have an idea of what you want to do kind of, but to plan it out and be like, I'm going to do this, this, and this stresses me out. You guys know that I love doing mood boards and things, but I'm never specific about the timeline. You know, I'll, I'll put things on my mood board of things I want to achieve or I would love to have, But I never tell myself I have to have this by this date. That just stresses me out because what if that date comes by and that thing that I wanted didn't happen, so I just stop? I just quit because it didn't happen at that time? No. It's going to happen when it's going to happen. With that being said, my short-term goals, I think right now, just to be consistent with everything that I'm doing and to show up for myself. If I say I want to do something, I want to follow through with it and make it happen. I never want to let down other people in my life. And I want the same rule to apply for myself. For my long-term goals, you know, I'm really for whatever is meant to be, whatever happens, happens. But I really would like to continue doing this podcast. I don't know how long podcasting will be around, but I want to continue having these conversations, continue showing up for you guys, having a platform where I can share my thoughts and feelings and have you all feel heard and understood in a way that I felt like I never was. I would really love to own a business. Don't know what that would entail, but something that aligns with what I'm doing now and my message. Something that has to do with mental health. I think that's the biggest thing. I think whatever I end up doing in life, whether it's five years, 10 years, whenever. I just want it to help other people. I want it to be revolving around mental health. Number three, who matters most to me? Who are my support people? Okay, wow. I have a lot of people that I care about. Um, Genuinely, you all matter so much to me. You have changed my life and I've never felt more understood or heard. Like you all have shown me my purpose and reminded me why I'm still here. And like not to get so deep and shit, but I genuinely love you all so much. And I, you, you mean 
the fucking world to me. But I love my dad. <laughs> I'm a daddy's girl. Um, he means so fucking much to me. My family and I went through some really tough shit back in 2018, I believe. And that's when my dad and I became our closest. And since then, I've just noticed how much he cares for me, supports me. He is just the most selfless person I've ever met. And I will literally spend the rest of my life giving to him all that I have. Like, I owe this man my life. I think in my life of feeling so misunderstood and people giving up on me so easily, my dad was that one person that has shown me time and time again that no matter how hard life gets, no matter how fucking insane I am, no matter how high my emotions are, he will never leave. And he's so patient with me. He has seen me at my fucking worst. And like, I know he's my parent and people are like, oh, your parents like have to be there for you. I have seen the opposite before. Parents don't have to be there for you. They can leave at any time. And I am just so lucky, so privileged to have a parent that is not only there for me, but makes an effort to show me that they're there for me. And then uh, obviously my boyfriend, Josh, I could go on and on about how wonderful of a human being he is. Before I met Josh, I had dated a few fuck boys and I really felt like I was hard to love. I felt like I was broken and I was the issue. I was the reason why these relationships weren't working out. I was always told that I was just hard to love and I'm so crazy and I'm overly emotional and I make things hard and whatever. Although Josh and I have had our arguments and our ups and downs, he has shown me that love is patient and love is kind. He's shown me that when you fight, you don't break up. You don't give up on each other. He's shown me that a real partner, a real friend is there for you even when they're mad at you. They won't go in and out of your life when it's beneficial for them. And someone who loves you and cares about you gets to actually know you and understand you and work with you. He's shown me all of that and I'm just so forever grateful for him and his patience and his love. But number four, what am I ashamed of? Ooh, uh, ooh. <laughs> uh, what am I ashamed of? Nothing's like popping into my head right now. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't say ashamed. I'm just regretful of how I used to view myself. I let a lot of people tell me who I was and I allowed my reputation to rule me and dictate what I did and what I believed I was capable of. I had a lot of self-hatred for myself because of my reputation and because of how others made me feel about myself. And I just wish I gave myself more grace. I beat myself up for so long over who I was in high school. I was a teenager. People grow. People evolve. The biggest thing is that I learned from my mistakes and I grew. I would rather have made those mistakes and grow and become a better person than being a person that reminds people of their mistakes but continues being a shitty person. Like, if you're a shitty person, why do you think you have room to tell people that they're shitty? The calls coming from inside the house, love. Number five, what do I like to do for fun? I like a lot of things. <laughs> um, I like to go thrifting. I like to get coffee. I like to go in my car and drive around and listen to music with my coffee and then go thrifting. 
Um, but really, like I love driving around in my car listening to music because I get to scream, I get to cry, I get to sing, I get to romanticize life, I get to drive around and stalk people. It's a good time. One thing that I did recently that I really enjoyed was I didn't go to a pottery class, but I went and I painted pots at a pottery place. I like doing anything that involves creating i love art i love painting drawing i also just like hanging like i like doing self-care and eating and laying in bed and watching a show like a friday night where i have a face mask on a snack and love island and i'm laying in bed and my pjs gorgeous the best night ever number six what new activities am i interested in or am willing to try like i just said i went and i painted pots at that pottery place. I really, really like that. I would love to continue doing that. I actually just started a series on my TikTok trying new hobbies in my 20s. If you want to go check it out, I only have one video, but I want to start finding hobbies so I can continue that series. I think it would be so cool to learn how to sew. I'm so into fashion. I'm so into thrifting. I'm so into fall fashion. If I could sew my own sweaters, my own scarves, a little fall dress, that would be iconic. Number seven, what am I worried about? I'm always worried, okay? Let's be so for real. What am I worried about right now? You know what? This is the perfect opportunity to vent about this. I am home alone for the next two days because my boyfriend's on a work trip. And lately, as in the last month or so, I've been having really bad night terrors. And I thought it was because of this mirror that I bought from Goodwill. I buy this mirror a month ago at Goodwill to hang over my bed, not on my ceiling, behind, like on the wall behind us. I go to bed that night. I have the worst night terror I have had in months, okay? I've always had night terrors, but since moving into this house before this mirror, I was sleeping like a baby. I had said multiple times to my boyfriend, I'm like, oh my God, I'm sleeping so good at this house. Like maybe I was sleeping bad at that other house because it was haunted or something like this house. Good energy, love it here. I go to bed, I have a night terror. Literally, I'm up at 3 a.m. because of this night terror and I'm Googling if having a mirror behind your bed is a bad thing or could cause bad dreams or could bring in ghosts, I don't know. Because I know that sleeping directly in front of a mirror is bad. It like makes a portal or something for the supernatural. I read a little bit about it and it says that it is bad feng shui and it brings bad energy. So I'm like, it's okay. all right, whatever. I'll just take the mirror down while I'm sleeping. The next morning, I'll put it back up. It's still there for the aesthetic. But every single night since that mirror came into my house, I have had a night terror every single night. Night terrors and nightmares are completely different. I want you to know that. Very different. Some people have never even had night terrors. So I brought it back to Goodwill. I donated it. I feel so bad for whoever has it next, but not mine. Hopefully that energy did not attach to the house. But that brings me to what I am worried about. I am worried that it was haunted and that energy is now in my house. So I'm pretty worried about going to sleep. I hate sleeping alone in general, but I also hate being bothered by ghosts. So <laughs> love that. Number eight, what are my values? What do I believe in? Consider politics, religion, social issues. I'm not going to get too much into this just because I don't want to offend anyone. You know, that's not what my podcast is for. But I will say, I believe that everyone should be able to do what they want, love who they want, be who they want. 
unless what they're doing is harmful to others or if they're trying to control others. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I think some people's opinions are fucking stupid. And I think that a lot of people should stay in their own lane if what they're saying and what they're doing is harming other people or if their opinions they have on other people have nothing to do with them. Like when men think they have the right to have say on a woman and their rights and their body, because why do you think that has anything to do with you? As for religion, I believe that everyone has the right to practice what they believe in. I think everyone should respect what others believe in, whether or not they themselves believe in that. I don't think it's right to enforce what you believe onto anyone else. I didn't grow up religious at all. I never went to church, but I would consider myself spiritual. I didn't get into spirituality though until 2020. So I don't like to speak on it that much because it's just my journey. I don't ever want to put my beliefs onto others. Like I will openly talk about it if someone asks me, but I'll never just like bring it up and be like, hey, I believe in this if it's not warranted because not everyone believes the same things that I do and that's okay. Number nine, if I could have one wish, it would be, honestly, I'm selfish. I wish I had a lot of money, okay? You know, hear me out, hear me out because I could go the selfless route and make it seem like I have all these great intentions. I do, but if I'm having one wish, I'm going to wish for money because I feel like with money, I can do the most with it. I think that money itself is a powerful thing and can be used very wrong. I think money can be harmful, but I think money can also be good when put in the right hands. Like, let me ask you this one thing. Why is Oprah asking for donations when she's a billionaire? That's what I mean by money in the wrong hands. I don't know. I feel like when people say they want money or they wish they were rich, people kind of roll their eyes. It seems like a selfish thing to want because money isn't the answer to a lot of things. Like money can't necessarily buy you happiness, but money can make your life a lot easier. And yeah, could I wish for my family to just not struggle? Of course. But if I just ask for a shit ton of money, I can bang that out while also looking good. Like I can help my family help my mental health, feed my family and myself, and buy myself a cute bag and a cute outfit. Number 10, where do I feel the safest? Okay, we're getting a little deeper. Ever since I was younger, I never had a place that I felt the safest or a place that felt like home. Like even my childhood home doesn't feel like home to me. And that's a really uncomfortable feeling to have, to feel like no matter where you go, you're longing for that feeling of safety or security or comfort. Not to say that my childhood home doesn't bring me comfort. Like I go there, I spend time with my family. I do enjoy going there and I would be crushed if I ever lost that home. But I wouldn't say I feel my safest or happiest or most comfortable there. You know, once I think about it, I think my safe space isn't necessarily one spot, but I would say the ocean. And I think that kind of goes back to my dad. This is just a podcast episode about how much I love my dad. Um, growing up, we, well, I live in Connecticut. So we're like an hour away from local beaches, two hours away from Rhode Island. 
But we grew up or I grew up going to Ocean City, Maryland with my family. And my dad was the one that made me go in the water, played with me in the sand, just made my time at the beach the most enjoyable. And whenever I'm at the beach, whether I'm with my dad or not with my dad, I just feel comfort there. It feels very homey and I feel, I guess you could say safe. Number 11, what or who gives me the most comfort? I think again, (laughs) my dad. Um, I also think my boyfriend definitely does. When you become that close to someone, when you're dating someone for, we've been dating for what, five, six years now. When you live with someone, when you spend every single day with them, you do kind of become codependent on that person. You know, we live very independent lives. He can go out with his friends. I'll go out out with mine. We have a very trusting relationship. I can pretty much go do whatever I want and he can do whatever he wants. And even though we know we both can do that, we always choose each other. Like I would rather be with him. I would rather spend my time with him. When I feel my lowest, I want to be around him because I know he's going to give me that comfort. I know if I'm going through something and I need to talk, he's going to be there to listen. I think there's also just comfort in being able to sit with someone in silence and be okay with that. Also, just living with someone for so long, you learn to really know them and get comfortable with that. When I was younger, like when I was a little kid, before I had any boyfriends, before I lived with anyone, I used to stress out about the idea of living with someone, living with a boy in particular. I remember being nervous that one day I would have to throw out my stuffed animals because a boy would never want to sleep next to me while I'm holding like my three stuffed animals as an adult. But then when my boyfriend and I first started dating, I showed him my ripped up stuffed animal and my ripped up blanket that I slept with every single night as a kid. And I told him like, I'm not getting rid of these. And he showed me his too. He showed me his stuffed animal and blanket. And for a really long time, we both slept with them. And it was just this feeling of relief. Like I'm never going to have to change myself for this guy. Like he's going to love me regardless of what I do. He's going to accept me for who I am because he loves me. And I know that's just like a silly example of stuffed animals, but it just goes so much deeper than that. I have never felt more myself than I have with him because he really accepts me and encourages me to be more myself. And because of that, I am. Number 12, if I wasn't afraid, I would. You know what? I'm going to skip this one because I think as of right now, there's nothing that I feel resistance towards. I don't think I'm holding myself back in any regards. I don't think I'm really afraid of anything. Maybe that's something that I have to sit with and think about deeper. But for the sake of the length of this episode, we're going to skip to the next one. Number 13, what is my proudest accomplishment? I can confidently say my proudest accomplishment is this podcast. Before I started doing this podcast, I hated my job. I was so insecure with what I was doing. I was so insecure with my career path. Whenever anyone asked me what I did for work, what I wanted to do, what my five-year plan was, I would just shut down because I was so insecure and unhappy. But now when people ask me what I do, I can confidently and proudly say I am the host and the creator of this podcast that helps people all over the world 
that we've built such an amazing community of people who have gone through very similar situations who have always been told that they are too much, that they care too much, they're too dramatic, too sensitive, and are now taking their power back and saying, fuck no. It wasn't that we cared too much, it's that you didn't care enough. And the fact that I've been able to assist in building this community of people taking their power back and diving deep into their emotions and healing things that they didn't ever think they would heal is the best thing that I've ever done. And it just goes so much farther than me. Like I think a lot of times with accomplishments, it is kind of selfish in a way. Like you want a bigger job promotion. You want to make more money. But with this, that might come along with it. But knowing that I'm helping people who felt as low as I did at one point is the biggest reward and biggest accomplishment that I've ever succeeded at in my life. Number 14, what is my biggest failure? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is all the times that I tried to do social media and gave up before I gave my chance to succeed. I was so worried about looking a certain way. I was so worried about failing in front of others and I would start doing it and then I would see it not working and then I would just stop doing it. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. But I don't want to say it's a failure though because I really do believe in divine timing. So even though I gave up at that time, maybe I just wasn't ready for it at that time. I really don't think I was. I don't think I was in the right headspace to have the type of success that I wanted. If I had a platform at 14 years old, I would have been a menace. I was not in the right headspace and I didn't deserve it back then. Whereas now I feel like is the right time because I have matured. I'm 26 now. I know what I want to do with my life. It's not about fame anymore. It's not about validation anymore. It's about helping people. So, you know, I don't really think that I've failed in life. I think everything that I've done and you might say failed at has been a learning lesson. Number 15, am I a night owl or an early bird? I don't think I'm either because I love my mornings, but I'm not up at the ass crack of dawn. I'm up at like eight and I love my night routine and being up at night, but I'm in bed by one, 12. I will say that I like my mornings to be productive and I like my nights to be creative. Like in the morning, I'm more on my shit. I get a lot of things done. And then at night is when all the ideas start pouring in. That's when I'm laying in bed, writing my notes app. I'm really thinking about what my next move is. And then my mornings are used to actually get those in action and plan them out and get them going. So I think I have a good balance of both, but I wouldn't say I'm either. Number 16, what do I like about my job? What do I dislike? Ooh, this is a good one. What I like about it is that I have a job that I actually enjoy doing. I think when it comes to work, we've been conditioned to believe that work isn't supposed to be fun. So many people drill that into our heads as we're growing up. Whenever you complain about work, it's, oh my God, work isn't supposed to be fun. It's a job as if you can't do work and enjoy it. It's supposed to be miserable. At my old job, I was doing it because I thought that it was the right thing to do. I thought people would take me more seriously. 
I thought it was very professional of me to have a big girl job. But by the end of the day, every day I was burnt out and I was just not happy. And now I have the privilege to do a job where I work at home. I make my own schedule. I get to do the things that I'm passionate about. I get to talk about things that matter to me. I get to help people. What do I dislike about it? I don't think there's anything I necessarily dislike. I don't want to complain about my job because I'm privileged to have this job. I think it's just more so the uncertainty of it. I have no idea how long podcasting is going to be around for. It can be around for 20 years. It can be around for two more years. It is a gamble working for yourself, but just because it's risky doesn't mean that it's not worth it. I also think something that's difficult, I wouldn't necessarily say I dislike it, is the pressure that I put on myself. I feel like I always have to be on. I always have to be coming up with ideas. And whenever I allow myself to have a break and have a little time off to just relax and connect with the people in my life and focus on things other than my job, I start feeling like I'm slacking. I'm falling behind. I'm not doing enough. And that's something I'm working on, but it is a every day, every hour kind of job, but it's what I signed up for. It's what I've always wanted to do. And I'm never going to complain and say that it's a hard job to do because I did my last job. I've done a lot of jobs. I worked in a school. I worked in the subway. I worked on a farm. I worked in a dining hall. I worked in a hospital. I worked as a camp counselor. I've done a lot of jobs and I would be foolish to say the job I'm doing now is the hardest one of all. I think that it takes a lot of mental strength, but I fucking love my job and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So yeah. Number 17, what does my inner critic tell me? Kind of just what I was saying that I'm not doing enough that I could be doing more, but that's something that I am trying to get better at. I am an Aries. I'm a perfectionist. It's going to happen, but I'm learning to be more graceful with myself, more patient, more understanding, to acknowledge my wins no matter how small they are. I'm in the process of learning balance, learning how to balance my work life with my social life, with my self-care, with it all, and to take it one day at a time and not rush anything. I'm not on a timeline. I don't have to complete anything at any time. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I am just working at my own pace and doing what I feel like is right for me and getting my message out there the best way that I can. And that's all that I can do. So whenever my inner critic starts critiquing, I tell them to pipe down or at least I'm learning to do that. Number 18, what do I do to show myself compassion and self-care. I am so good at this. I feel like I'm like going off one after another. Again, I just allow myself grace and kindness. I'm trying to look at myself and treat myself the way that I look and treat others. If my boyfriend came home crying, if he had the worst day, I'm not going to sit next to him and tell him to suck it up and to get over it and that he's being overdramatic, that he's being overly sensitive. I'm going to be there for him and I'm going to support him and do whatever he needs me to do to make him feel better. And if I can do that for him, I am going to do that for myself. I'm going to treat myself and love myself the way I love others. I'm going to give myself the support that I always wanted from others that I never received. 
I think a lot of the time when we mess up or we don't show up the best that we can, we're really hard on ourselves because we know ourselves best and we know that we know better. So we just expect ourselves to show up as the best version of ourselves. And when we don't, it's like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Why did you fumble so badly? But it's really important to remind yourself that you're only human. and People make mistakes. And if your friend or your boyfriend or your family member did what you did, you wouldn't be reacting or treating them the way you're treating yourself right now. Number 19, am I an introvert or an extrovert? Am I energized being around others or being by myself? If you asked me this a couple years ago, I would absolutely say extrovert. And I I still want to say that I am extroverted, especially in social settings. But I am realizing that I do feel the most energized by myself. Sometimes being around other people and having to match their energy and keep your social battery up is draining. I've just found so much comfort in being alone. And yeah, the reason I've spent so much time alone is because I was forced to because I lost friends. I've gone through friendship breakups. I've had friends alienate me. I've had friends do really fucked up things, which forced me to have to learn how to be alone. But through the process of those things and through learning how to be alone, I've realized that being alone isn't that bad. I don't have to fake how I feel. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. If I go somewhere and I don't want to be there, I can leave. I love to go thrifting with my friends, but a lot of the time I like going alone because I like being in silence. I like being with myself and just walking around, going at my own pace, doing what I want, and just minding my business. I've realized I love to mind my business because when I'm minding my business, I'm not stressed out. You know what? It really does depend on the people and what we're doing. Like if someone texts me and asks if I want to go to a party and this party is people sitting on a couch drinking beer, watching a sports game, listening to loud music, that does not entice me at all. I would much rather be alone. But if someone texts me and says, hey, we're going pumpkin picking and then going to a haunted house and getting cider and pumpkin coffee, oh, hell yeah. I'm choosing that over staying in my bed. So yeah, it really depends on what the activity is, who the people are. I don't want to spend time around people who make me feel bad. I don't want to spend time around people who don't match my energy. I don't want to spend time around people who make fun of people. I don't want to spend time around people who just don't align with me. Number 20, what am I passionate about? I am passionate about a lot of things, but I am passionate about mental health. I'm passionate about helping people. I am passionate about connecting with people. I am passionate about having deep conversations and really getting to know someone. I'm passionate about talking about my dreams, my aspirations. I really enjoy talking about the meaning of life with people. Like that is something I can talk about for hours. I love having those conversations and getting their take on it, their interpretation of life and everything. Number 21, what is my happiest memory? In elementary school, we had things called daddy-daughter dances. I don't know if every school did this, but my elementary school did. And every dance before we went, my mom would take me to Kohl's and we would buy a dress. I'd pick out my dress. And then the night of the dance, my mom would do my makeup for me. Like obviously not a lot of makeup. I was in elementary school, but she would put lipstick on me and mascara. And that's how I really got into doing my makeup and stuff because of my mom. 
She would curl my hair and make me all pretty and make me feel special. And then my dad would take me to the daddy-daughter dance. And it was just really cute, really cute memory of all my friends and their dads dancing. I remember dancing on my dad's toes. And then after the dance, he would always take me to friendlies. And I would get chicken fingers and french fries and a black raspberry ice cream afterwards. Oh, and clam chowder and the blue raspberry drink with the bendy straw delicious but it was just that one thing that we did every single year that I always looked forward to and I find myself thinking about it a lot because I love my dad and yeah just love that memory number 22 what do my dreams tell me my dreams tell me I'm batshit fucking crazy let's be so honest especially lately with the night terrors my dreams are just lately so bad I dream about death a lot and it gives me such bad anxiety like I get anxiety before going to bed because I know it's going to happen and I hate it I hate waking up with that feeling of doom but on a lighter note before having these night terrors I dream every night I'm not someone who doesn't dream every time I'm asleep I am dreaming I don't understand people that are like oh no I don't dream what do you mean you don't dream Usually it just has something to do with what where my attention was that day. Like if we were talking about someone, if we saw something, if I watched a show that will appear in my dream. I've also noticed if I think about someone a lot, they appear more in my dreams. So I'm really aware of that. That usually tells me where my attention lies. If I'm stressed out about something, that usually will appear in the dream. And the next day I'll be like, oh shit, I should probably figure that out because Obviously, I'm thinking about that enough to be dreaming about it. Number 23, what is my favorite book, movie, band, food, color, and animal? Okay, icebreaker. Why wasn't this like number one? Why didn't we start with this? What was number one? What are my strengths? Okay, that's a good icebreaker too, I guess. Um, My favorite book, I'm not a huge book girl, mainly because I have a short attention span. And when I read books, I get through the page And then I realize I'm not actually processing the words. So I don't know what happened and I have to keep rereading. But I am reading some self-improvement books because of 75 Hard. I have those linked in my Amazon storefront. I don't know the names of all of them. Movie, Perks of Being a Wallflower, love. And I love Gone Girl. Band, I'm going to say artist instead of band because I love music. Music is my love language, and there's so many artists that I love. Obviously, we all know I love Taylor Swift, Russ, Maggie Rogers, Role Model, Rex Orange County, Wallow, Sarah and the Sundays, Gracie Abrams, Still Woozy, Coda the Friend, Billy, obviously, Nessa Barrett. And then I love listening to like early 2000s music like Ashley Tisdale, Vanessa Hudgens, Hilary Duff, you know, Disney Channel vibes, Miley Cyrus. Um, my favorite food, I love anything spicy. I gravitate more towards like burritos, tacos, like Mexican food. I grew up eating Italian food because of my dad. Um, so I love a good Italian dish. I love eggplant, manicot, sausage and peppers. My favorite color, um, my favorite color growing up was purple. Now my favorite color is whichever season and whatever color I'm obsessed with on me. So whatever color I think at the time looks the best on me, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite color because it makes me look good. Number 24, what am I grateful for? 
so many things to be grateful for. If you listen to this podcast, you know every single night before I go to bed, I list three things to myself that I'm grateful for either in general or three great things that happened during the day. So I'm actually going to do that with you right now instead of doing it alone in my bed. Number one for today, I'm grateful that I have groceries in my house. I went grocery shopping today. So I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to drive to the grocery store, buy my groceries, have enough money to buy my groceries, and was able to make some really good meals. Number two, I'm grateful that I'm healthy, my family's healthy, my dogs are healthy. And then number three, I'm grateful that my boyfriend landed safely. He's safe in his hotel, he had a good flight, and he comes home tomorrow. So I'm really happy about that. Number 25, when I'm feeling down, I like to, it depends on what kind of down. Like if I woke up and I'm just in a bad mood, something bothered me, I'm not feeling my best, I'll take myself to go do things that I know will make me feel better. Like I'll go get myself a coffee. I'll go thrifting. I'll go for a walk. But if I am devastated, if I'm going through it, if I can't even get myself out of bed, I am allowing myself to lay in bed, lay low, process my emotions and just be sad because I know that it's not going to last. I know I'm not going to lay in my bed and be miserable for more than a day. That's just how I am. I, I know how I process my emotions. So I think it's really important to honor my emotions and be sad and not push through it. Like if someone fucked me over or something really bad happened, I'm like, you know what? You deserve that Taco Bell. You deserve to order everything off the menu. You deserve to order yourself a large iced coffee. You deserve to do some online shopping. And you deserve to angry text whoever you want because you deserve it. And I am just the best to myself when I am not feeling the best. And I think that's how it should be. Number 26, last but not least, I know I'm stressed when I, when I become a raging bitch, especially when I'm overstimulated, when the light is too bright, when the noise is too loud, when my boyfriend or whoever I'm with is talking and it bothers me. That's when I know I've hit my limit and I need to exit. I need to leave the room. I need to be alone. That's usually like on the spot overstimulation. But if I'm stressed in life with work or with family things, relationship things, I overthink everything. So I know I'm stressed when all I can think about is what I'm dealing with and I can feel that pressure in my body. Like I can literally feel my body being tense. I can feel the tears coming. When I feel uncomfortable in my body, when I have all of these things happening all at once to me, that's usually when I have a mental breakdown and I cry. But that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed getting to know a different side of me. I liked opening up to you guys. If you want to ask yourself these questions or maybe you want to ask your friend these questions, your partner, I'll link it in the show notes. Again, this was inspired by Ava's podcast episode. She's amazing. I'll link her episode in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy Try Not To Care, if you love me, make sure to rate Try Not To Care a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. It helps me out so much and I appreciate it so, so, so much. As always, thank you so much for listening, besties. I love you so much and I will talk to you next Monday. Bye, besties.